0: California love it's the going off podcast with the rap critic and muse dude how are you doing
1: great and uh this week we're joined by uh rev howdy y'all
2: well that'll be it uh, thanks guys for having me it was great bye rev
1: we were talking oh my gosh i guess this time last year about the uh, 2016 Double XL freshman class. And we got the new 2017 class lined up. But before we hop into that, I just want to go over for anyone who might not remember who was in the 2016 class. Because now it kind of looks like a who's who in, in retrospect. Lil Yachty, Designer, Dave East, Denzel Curry... G Herbo? Is that Herbo? <laughs> Herbo? Uh Lil' Uzi Vert, Lil Dicky, Anderson Pac, Twenty One Savage, and our boy, Kodak Black.
2: Damn, so G Herbo is the only one that basically didn't pop off.
1: Yeah, yeah. That fucking everybody is like, yeah, everyone knows who all those cats are, but I I've never heard that name. I can't even point him out
2: on this fucking cover. Well, I can't because he's the only dude I don't know. So yeah. <laughs> He's the
1: only one you don't recognize, oh man.
2: <laughs> but yeah, damn. I remember when I first saw this cover and I was like, man, this shit is weak. Every year, every year I see the freshman mm-hmm. list, I'm like, this shit is weak. Like, I have three, four people I fuck with. But then I listen to most of these guys' music and I fuck with quite a lot of them. Like, 21 Savage ended up being a surprise for me. Like, I actually really fuck with some 21 Savage.
1: You don't really hear much from Lil Dicky in the source of like music, but I remember he recently got like a Trojan condoms ad. I've been seeing. Wait, who? Lil Dicky. Oh. Oh,
0: I thought you meant uh, Twenty One Savage. I was like, I would like to see that fucking <laughs> condom ad.
1: Oh no, I was just seeing, I was just saying that. Like, I heard Lil Dicky's songs before he was in the class.
2: Afterwards, I didn't really hear much. I actually, I've I've heard both. I mean, like now he's gone viral a couple more times since then. I'm not a fan of uh, of Lil Dicky personally. Uh, it's really his business move is interesting. He's working with the same manager as uh, Justin Bieber and Asher Roth. Oh, so it kind of so it kind of shows you like it. It doesn't mean nothing, right? Justin Bieber was a huge success. Asher Roth was a was not flash in the pan sort no, of. But they're
0: both kinda going from that sort of angle of like being frat boy douche sort of thing. But I actually big think, on
1: the internet also. Yeah,
0: but I actually think Lil Dickie is actually like legitimately funny. You know? He can be. Yeah, like when I first heard him I was like, I don't wanna check this guy out. His name is look I'll I, I be damned if my favorite rapper's name will be The Little Dicky. <laughs> you know, so I was like, I'm just trying to fuck with him. This so one was like, all right, just And
1: luckily for you, you didn't have to worry about that.
0: <laughs> but you know, I was like, Alright, just check out a couple of his songs. I was like, Alright, I'll check it out and I was like Actually I like what he's doing here. I it's I actually kinda go-
2: I feel like he'd be like a good SNL character yeah. or he would be like um you know, the one thing I always hated. Remember when YouTube just started popping off, and uh, there were all these like uh, rap, what was it, rap battles of history or some shit?
0: Oh, I thought you were gonna say like people would do like Harry Potter, but he's rapping like that sort of thing. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. Same shit like that, and, and um, and it was always bad, you know. And I feel like he, he could at least hold the flow, have like multis, and like make some funny jokes, and that would be dope. Like I, but I can't see dude putting together like a, a good album like where i would go back to and i'd be like damn you know like damn this shit is layered. like
1: 12 songs back to back to back i can hang with maybe like three or four but yeah Dickie not a have full to take album
2: an, yeah no way could you imagine like listening back to back like a bunch of dicky songs i think that'd be overwhelming that would get so old really fast what yeah
0: I, what i don't like is how he's He's doing the thing that a lot of rappers are doing lately where they're going like no, I'm not a rapper. I'm not a rapper I'm a, I'm really a comedian who part-time I thought rap, he's
2: like- doing I thought he's doing it the other way around like I thought he's like backtracking on that and he's like no I, I want people to understand I take this seriously I want to be like I think he said something along the lines that he wants to be one of the best rappers of all time or whatever right I think it's too yeah. late for that. <laughs> but yeah, like, I don't know. It's an interesting angle. I'm just interested because I'm going to, it's like a social experiment.
0: Like, cause it seems like he has cool ideas and I don't, I don't think those should get dismissed. Like the, the song where, uh, the pillow talking song, like that's a cool idea. No other rapper would have made a song like that. And that's a good, like, I think that's at least uh, a good thing that you could have be said about you as an artist.
2: Does anyone ever listen to a little Dicky song and just like put it on in the background while doing something? Like does anyone say like, man, I want to put on a little Dicky song right now.
1: I watched a little Dicky music video like you would any kind of YouTube video. Exactly. You know, like oh. you sit down, you watch it for as uh, <laughs> like uh, your favorite term, some content. You sit down, <laughs> you, you watch it for some laughs and then you move the fuck on. Yeah, It's not something... I wouldn't put it in a playlist with other rap songs because it would be jarring, for one. (laughs) Like, it wouldn't really flow well. See, what's
0: wrong with that? What's wrong with someone... Uh, I think it's... All right, so I think what we're arguing right now is the difference between someone who's doing something that really stands out and someone who's being... Standing out so much that it's just a gimmick. It's not enjoyable on any other level than the fact that it is a gimmick.
2: There's a fine line between gimmicky and, like, being very niche. I, I think he's basically YouTube. Like, his his music is much better with, accompanied with, a, like, visuals because it, it gives it more, like, context. Yeah. And you can you can tell he has, like, a, a visual surrounding his ideas. And, and that's cool. And that works. But, again, the song by itself, you remove the visuals and it's just not interesting.
0: You know what? It, it actually reminds me of a lot of guys that are, like, on YouTube and, like, hey, you see that they rap and they do a lot of stuff, like, concerning like raps and stuff like that like like the epic rap battle guys like and then they try to sell them on itunes and it's like i'm sure some people are buying it but it's not like the same amount of people that just are going to hear just the insane raps without the video like it's not the same without the video like you said you know okay here's what i don't understand why are singers getting on to the freshman (laughs) double like yeah
2: i don't mind it I personally don't mind it because I think it's still within the sphere of hip hop, not necessarily rapping.
0: I, I'll put it to you like this. If, if it was, I don't know, Blender or whatever the fuck magazine, hey, uh, best, uh, uh, you know, up and coming guitarists or whatever. But then they had like a flutist on there. It would be like, what? No, but these?
2: OK, no. But Anderson No, still like rap, raps not, sometimes. No, he's, he's not. He's not a rapper. He's on the fence. He's, on the, he's like Frank Ocean. You know, Frank Ocean like had a lot of great rap songs before he blew up but, but he's not we a rapper for the R&B. no we i don't all... know i i feel like i feel like what, what do you mean okay do you have to have more than 50 percent of your music to be rap
0: for you to be a rapper i don't think so i think people should know you as a rapper in, in order for that to work because it's like it just doesn't feel it doesn't feel right it feels like like if they had rihanna on the cover in 2009 wouldn't it be a little confusing like it'd be like what you're not i mean i guess you kind of do it but uh, like i just she I, has done rap songs i, I don't he, like yeah. how hip-hop is considered to be the thing that doesn't really need to be respected as something with certain boundaries and certain at least but you some say sort that of mood, and yet you know?
2: were defending Lil dicky and the thing is to me like Lil he dicky raps on is also an example all of his songs
0: that. he raps on all of his songs he raps
2: but he's 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 a comedian rapper he's not like you look at the, you look at Lil Dicky. You don't think of him as a musician rapper, right? You think of him as like a very particular type. of Well, hold
0: of on a second. I mean, punchline rap is a thing. You know, it's they, not a punchline rap
2: though. It's it's not punchline rap. It's not as entertaining as like, like his music isn't the same way that you would listen like to a fabulous song, right? Like, a fabulous song could actually still be good on its own without visuals. Lil Dicky really requires those visuals. And in the cypher, for instance, a lot of people were gassing him up. He had, like, what, eight bars? Yeah. And people were like, damn, that shit was dope. Just because he was rapping on beat. I mean, he, he was also in the same cypher
1: where designer literally repeated one line, like, 16 times, yeah. and that was about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, that was
3: funny. <laughs> and he fucking it fucking pans
1: over to Lil Dicky, and he has to make the face like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> I love this.
0: <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. Don't watch my boobs, can't watch my shoes, can't cock my boobs, don't watch my... This guy, like, P.M.B. Rock. I, I'm pretty sure yeah. he does. It, he's not a rapper.
2: Ah, he's on the fence, dude. He is on the fence. He, he does both, too. Like, I don't, I don't feel like it's necessary to put these, like, parameters around, like, how much you sing. How much... Drake is
0: a rapper because you do hear him rap a lot of the time.
2: I was going to ask about Drake, actually. Yeah, like, it, Okay, he what about does... X? X is on the list as well. Why, he's like, a rapper. Put... He raps. He sings just as much as he raps, though. Like, he does a lot of country-like songs.
0: Country? What? Dude, X has some crazy... Dude, like, have I not been dude, paying that, attention? I, 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 all I've heard is, uh, I, I can't keep a dick in my pants. Uh, that fucking like <laughs> No, he has,
2: like, a lot of shit that just don't even have any drums, and he's just singing or just talking without even rhyming. Like, his shit is crazy. Okay, I mean, just, just right off the bat, since we're talking about the freshman class, I gotta say, X... I'm so glad he's on the list. He really deserves to be on the list. And he's my favorite person on this list. And I like him more than any of the people on last year's list.
0: I'll say it wow. this much. I feel like what sucks about a cat like X is that I feel like he's not going to last because he's so... And not just because I don't think he has good music or anything like that, but because he's already so self-destructive. And we yeah, I mean, that's sad. how that already will just destroy somebody. Like, facts, we, we facts. don't hear... Dick all about Bobby Smurder. Oh, Bobby Shmurda. Mm. Oh, yeah. But you know what I mean? That's
2: different. Yeah. But that's one, a shame. But
0: one bad fuck up and no one will care. If this guy gets into one bad fuck up and the label does not feel like it's worth it to help him out, they won't.
2: He punched somebody at, a, at, a, at his performance yesterday, I think. But the thing is, oh, oh my God.
0: Yeah. Like, okay. It's a shame
2: that like you're probably right. Because if you YouTube his name, the first thing you see is, his, is it's a song. And then the next eight or nine videos are just like, it's all trouble. shit that has nothing to do with music. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, Oh, this person's trying to kill him. Somebody got shot. Somebody got stabbed. Somebody got punched. in like during his performance and like being surrounded by this kind of energy. And it's not, it doesn't even have to be his fault, but like you, you got it. He's got to be on edge, you know? And I just hope he has the right people around him. That's all. And
0: more people care about the spectacle than they care about what he's actually doing.
2: Well, I think... No, I think the the fans really do love his music. Like, he... Out of all these artists on here, he is... Like, man, he's just got so
0: much range. And I'm not saying I don't want to... And I'm not saying I don't want to see him, like, flourish, but he needs to... Whoever he's around, he needs to fucking get away from them.
2: For sure. I mean, I hope all these... Young dudes and uh, ladies succeed because I mean these are all just like people like us who who love this music thing, and um they're all doing it differently, and we might dislike a lot of their music, but you know they're kids, and it's i, I think um i don't know i I wish them all well, and I, I just hope they're around good people, like his ex I don't know if he, he he's got the right people around him I don't know who who's managing him, I don't know who his people are, but they got to get him out of trouble. They got to like quality control his tweets and other shit. Like just making sure that like he, he's not pulling himself into any legal uh, issues because that could kill his career. But yeah, the list. What do you guys think of this year's list?
1: Before we got into the actual list, I was going to ask uh, the group um, Were there any names you were surprised not to see because I got one. Uh, Jaden Smith.
2: No,
0: he's been out for so long, though.
2: But not like, not like people taking him seriously as a rapper. I th- well, then again, Batman just came out. I think Batman's pretty like, catchy. And besides,
0: besides, does Jaden Smith need help? He doesn't. <laughs> no, he doesn't. But I
2: think, I think this could be a good look for him. Because I feel like a lot of people dismiss the idea of Jaden Smith and music I think it's just because
0: his tweets from when he was younger... Yeah, It's It's a bit of
2: that. His father being Will Smith. There's like a whole lot of things that, that, you know, play a part, but it'd be interesting. I think it'd be interesting if he ended up being on like next year's list. Yeah. I mean, aside from that, I'm trying to think.
0: Oh, yeah. Black. Black.
2: The only one I had written down was Young Ma.
0: Yeah, because she was kind of buzzing last year with that hit.
1: That song is still getting considerable radio play around here. Yeah. I am not. Too particularly familiar with most of the people on here, except yeah. for the ones that uh
0: like a boogie with the hoodie. Like what the fuck? I, a boogie with the hoodie.
2: Cat. Yeah, I've heard some of his stuff. I mean, no, he's definitely
0: buzzing. Uh, It's just that uh, yeah.
2: nothing's really captured me yet. I like his voice. It seems yeah. different.
0: Uh Aminé is really cool. I like him. Mm.
2: Yeah, I, so. I, I like I, I like how like his name is basically a typo for anime or whatever, or looks yeah, like a typo. Yeah, anime. yeah. <laughs> he has a shirt, and that's why I love he's his just shirt. Like... Yeah. yeah um
0: kyle is cool i want to see what else he does
2: yeah kyle is cool i'm interested in kyle he's one ugly motherfucker though like goddamn
0: <laughs> uh... my my problem with it is that and again i haven't heard like everybody but a lot of them i don't really there's not really like a reputation for these guys to be like really dope rappers like i don't need everyone to be fucking uh, uh m and or whatever but you know, like, it feels like all of these guys are kind of like, hey, they're going to have the party hit. Kyle's going to have the party hit. Ugly uh, God's going to be weird, but maybe he'll get, like, a party hit. You know, like, there's no one who really feels like, no, this is the guy that you takes hit. Yeah, sure, we have the fun guys over here, and sure, we have the guys who are mixed with R&B. But, hey, we also have the guys that are kind of, like, serious rappers. You so,
2: so you're talking about, like, they don't have a lyrical miracle is what you're saying? Nah.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not saying you got to be a lyrical miracle just someone who like actually puts time into their shit.
2: I think I think I think some of them do. Like I I think honestly this year is one of the few times there's like a good range.
0: No, like Made in T.Y.O. is kind of like like I I don't know about you, but I heard that song with he did with Designer and I was like, uh all right, I don't need to hear anymore.
2: I really don't like Made in T.Y.O. like that much. He's nah, one of my least favorite guys on him. the list. Cab G, again, man, what an unfortunate set of photos like Dude doesn't even look that ugly, but goddamn, he's the one at the top. He's in the right top right corner, like oh, oh. looking like <laughs> looking like an anime villain. Oh
1: my <laughs> he god, really does i was wondering what his deal was
2: he looks like that guy who like you know from the start is an evil guy but he's like still pretending to be a good guy and then eventually you find out he's a bad guy and you're like well i knew it like i knew he was gonna be a bad guy. <laughs> the whole time he's like mm. it's obvious." he's the one who always did a snaky thing where he goes at the end i knew he was gonna be a bad guy
0: but who's the guy in the front doing the rock horns is that ugly god that's ugly
2: god yeah yeah can't you tell he ugly Shouts and, out to the Ugly God. Another guy that definitely deserves to be on the list. I would have been mad.
0: Okay, who's the guy with his arms spread out like he's like Lex Luthor going like, the world will be mine, gentlemen.
2: Oh, that's PNB Rock. I'm not surprised he's on the list. Again, another guy who, just based off of Buzz, because you got to remember, these guys are not on the list because how dope they are necessarily. This is That's not the metric used. It's more so like how, how popping they are. And how likely they are to be
0: popping? Yeah, exactly. See, that's the thing I don't like. A lot of people have been going at this list, uh, especially like last years and years before, and going like, what? These aren't the top five best rappers from 2016? And it's like, (laughs) I don't think that's what they said. I don't, no they never that's not the say point. here are the best rappers from the last year they say here are the people that we think are gonna have hit songs that's most likely what they're trying to say when they meet the 2017 freshman class these are the guys that are going to have careers that are going to be really big
1: yeah it's not the graduating class yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and like i said it's not that i want everyone to just be uh you know Vince staples and uh vic mensa you know what i mean like fuck vic mensa I, <laughs> uh, we'll get back to that one, uh no, but at the same time, like why not have that full array of artists so that it's like, hey, look at all of these guys and let's try to push all these um um all these different directions that rap is being taken in instead of just like, let's just for go for all of the safest bets you yeah know?
2: no i don't I don't think it's safe bets, I'm actually. I think the list is a good one in terms of where the direction hip hop has taken because, like the the years where we had like the Kendrick Lamar, and the year before that where we had like all the the Charles Hamilton and Kit Cuddies and all that, that was an interesting time in hip hop. This was like the post crunk era where lyrics started coming back, so to speak, or that's what people used to say the the second golden era. And now we're going through the next stage of, of the hip hop evolving, and and it's it's a lot more. I don't know punk ish in, in very many regards. Yeah.
0: I'll, I I'll put it, it to you like this: I didn't think Charles Hamilton was like super lyrical, lyrical, but he was a really lyrical guy. Like he, he was a really, lyrical guy,
2: and he was a yeah. producer. I mean, most of those guys on the like a lot of those guys on the list produce their own shit, mix their own shit. They sh- a lot of them like shot videos with just their friends and everything. It was all. Uh, diy and on this list it's it's more or less the same a lot of these guys started off diy or blew up diy it's just a different angle and actually the whole skinny jeans thing is like is dope because again i feel like we can look back 20 like 20 years from now and be like this is when hip-hop used had baggy jeans and this is when we switched over to the skinny jeans and this is it's it's i don't know there's quite a lot to take from the cover and i think whoever took Who was in charge of taking the photos this time around? Did a good job in terms of like capturing the essence, I suppose. I saw someone talk about.
1: The, the rappers today and talk about mainly like Lil Yachty and Lil Luzi Lil, Lil Vert and was like man rappers today look weird or whatever and I just fucking sent him a picture of Blowfly and I was like excuse me
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're talk about fucking looking weird dude you gotta
2: look up you gotta see how Busta Rhymes used to dress back in the 90s Yo, sometimes yeah. like come on
0: Busta Rhymes old dirty bastard come on mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, no. Pe- people acting like that never happened. No, I mean, what they'll
0: do is what they'll do is. Oh man, they were creative when they did that, but they're weird now.
1: I I don't know if it's like the social media presence and like being on Twitter and Instagram and like Snapchat or whatever more, but the rappers in this generation just feel way more relatable.
2: Absolutely. I I think I think because a lot of these people just like the lack of care that they put into their songwriting or whatever they're reluctant to get too deep or they're just like i don't know i I feel like it's it's more about just being honest with yourself about who you are
0: with a lot of cats it's like yeah they have that air of being like i'm it's okay for me to be weird it's okay for me to like animate but at the same time i still have to talk about how i'm gonna fuck your bitch and have more money than you and talk about how i'm gonna shoot you you know what i mean like just fucking break away. Don't do that shit at all. Talk about the weird anime shit that you're into. Just talk about well, it. That's what X it. does.
2: I think X does quite a lot of that. That's why I think he's such a standout guy. It's because he he really breaks the mold. To me, he's like this year's uh uh Charles Hamilton.
0: Don't give him that, man. Don't curse him with that. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
2: I don't want to. It, it was it was heartbreaking for me because I was such a big Charles fan.
0: Dude, you could see it happening like the the boat just slowly Absolutely. sinking on his career and it's just like Man, this is not going to work out, is it?
2: So I got to ask about Ugly
1: God. Um, I, for everyone on here, since I wasn't too crazy familiar with him, I went ahead and sampled like three or four of their songs. What's up with Ugly God's OJ the Juice Man sounding delivery half the time?
2: You listen to his shit and you can really tell that he's just having man fun. And... And in, in this generation where everyone's so uptight and really cares about their opinions and takes shit way too seriously, it's refreshing to hear these people who, like, say shit that could piss the left off, the right off, and they'll say it with a smile on their face and, like, they don't care. They're not trying to hurt nobody, but they just don't give a shit. And it's, it's, it's nice. It's nice to see someone not caring. I think, I think that's why a lot of people really liked Lil Yachty last year. It's because it was that energy that wasn't present for a while.
0: I like Lil Yachty, like, the fact that he has this different sounding style, that it sounds like happy trap, you know, rap, you know what I mean?
2: Happy mumble.
0: Yeah, ha- ha- happy trap, you know, trappiness or whatever.
2: <laughs> trappiness or whatever.
0: <laughs> no, but, but what I don't like is that he's still talking about the same shit, though. Like, yes, the sound, aesthetically, it sounds very different. But he's using the exact same topics.
2: That one bitch blew him like a cello though.
0: That, that okay, so many people came to me with that shit and they're like, like, dude, come on, you gotta talk about this in your next worst list. And I'm like, bro, that's worse of the year material. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: I wish more people said shit like that. And I was kinda mad that he like thought it was a flute like what Squidward plays, and then oh. people were like and then people were mad, people were like, You idiot! Squidward plays a clarinet. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Dude, he fucked up. You twice. still
2: can't get the shit right. <laughs> Look at people. You. Were, people were mad about the flute clarinet mistake rather than the cello thing. It was hilarious. You're just
1: digging yourself deeper.
2: Yeah, that, you, Lil Yachty's an interesting character. I mean, when when I heard little Boat, I thought he was going to be promising, and then his latest album was kind of. I was disappointed.
0: That, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. My problem with him is. He's basically. I'm still gonna talk about shooting you, fucking your bitch, and get having more money than you. But I'm gonna do it with a silly voice, and this is like, well, it doesn't matter if you're just. Did he talk about a... shooting though? Huh? Yes, he does. He still talks about shit like that.
2: That's weird. But he's 19, man. He's so dumb. Like, give him, give him a chance.
0: I'm not saying he has to be smart. That's the thing. I don't want. him No, to that's why I'm saying
2: he's dumb. Not, not. Dumb. I'm not saying he's actually pretty smart to a certain extent. I'm just saying dumb in terms of like finding something to talk about not necessarily deep it doesn't have to be deep it could be dumb and stupid just like varied he needs to be more varied
0: i want these guys if they're gonna have the aesthetic of being different i want them to be really different really go all the way out with it so that each and every person on this list you can't say that they overlap you know you can't say that a song by made in tyo sounds like a song by uh cap g i
2: have a theory that a lot of these a lot of these cats, they stick to one sound. You've noticed like sometimes you can look up a lot of these rappers off the list, YouTube them and just jump through different songs that they've made. And they sound sometimes almost the same, right? They kind yeah, of yeah. merge with one another. I have a theory that this has everything to do with the fact that we're in the internet age. Back mm. in the day, like people wouldn't hear you until you put your album out. And usually you only get to make an album if... Your boys, your homies, your neighborhood supports you when you get to the stage where you like you rap, you do shows, and then you eventually put something out like a full product and it's varied and there's different like angles that you're coming from. These days, you put put a song on SoundCloud and you get the reception that you get. And let's say you put 10 songs out and two of them like really pop. They get more than a million views each. Mm-hmm. and they're a very particular sound and you start to realize uh, people like this and I think you start to really cater to that particular sound like oh, people associate me with this type of sound right, they expect right. this type of sound I'm gonna give them what they want because it only makes sense i i'm this is something that's unique to me and they end up making the same stuff over and over again and that's why they run out of stuff to say
0: they're afraid of alienating an audience right
2: yeah i think on some sort of subconscious level i think a lot of these people think that maybe they are liked for a gimmick you know even when their their potential is beyond that i i think it's it's a matter of like just kind of, because uh, you can see the numbers these days. You know, back in the day, the rap- rappers weren't as exposed to, like, so many statistics. These days, yeah, you put a true. song out, you get mad numbers. It says which country plays your songs, how many people play mm-hmm. this, blah, blah, blah. You get all these numbers, so you get a better understanding of where something is going. And you don't need that kind of stuff if you want to be a true creative person. And you just want to vex- you, you want to explore what you want to explore, you know? Uh, because I've had that happen to me where I've put out something and I've been like, Oh, damn, this one got a lot more views than this. People like it when I'm more like like this thing, you know, like where I'm mm-hmm. louder or where I'm blah blah blah. And you kind of have to remind yourself to be like, "Well, I also like doing this other stuff." So, who cares?
1: First of all, OJ Class of 2010. Second of all, <laughs> Kamaya for me was the one that stood out the most and beyond the obvious. She was the only person on this list to me that didn't sound like anybody else on the list.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, besides X, okay, again.
1: Everybody else, and I I took notes for all these people, and for most of them, I, I didn't care about being redundant. I put boring next to half of these motherfuckers because it was just so like
2: yeah, samey. Uh,
0: just I just don't fucking care anymore. You, you know it'd be a good idea, like make a playlist of like three or four of their songs from each artist, mm. and then just put it on a Spotify playlist. Play it like out of order and see if you can figure out if there's anything that makes one different from the other. <laughs>
1: I'd be so
2: fucked. I wouldn't be able to tell them apart. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be honest. I would, but yeah, for sure, she definitely stands out the most. In, in terms of like it's a different style I don't even I can't really put my finger on it it sounds very somewhat familiar
1: it's got more of an indie style to me like it sounds more like someone you'd hear on the come up everybody else already kind of has that polished sheen to it but what is so annoying was that while I liked her style I didn't really hear anything particularly clever or witty like I still didn't like oh, it I
2: didn't really like I didn't like her. Yeah, again, I keep, um, that's the thing, I'm not even like a massive fan of X, but you keep, You said polished, and X is shit, that's that's another thing that I really appreciate, it's nice to have, like with Charles, it's nice to have someone who has like lo-fi quality of music that's on the list, because um, I feel like a lot of these people, yeah, like just way overly polished, and I think that's just not necessary anymore, Uh, last year that was cool, because we had Lil Uzi Vert, we had... Was Dej No, she was the year before that.
0: I'm remembering 2015, because I remember 2015 I had like Hobson and Iggy Azalea.
2: Yeah, that one was the ass one. That one was yeah. the, like mostly bad.
1: <laughs> Hobson was in 2015? Yeah. Double uh, uh, XL is
0: kind of late on a lot of shit.
2: No, but it was it wasn't it's not about like, oh man, he's new. It's like, oh, this is when he's like popping off. Because he he just got his like label and they were like different. People from the label were popping off, and, and I think like, oh, he's buzzing. This is a good opportunity. There's an there's a chance that he'll go beyond this market. He didn't, of course. Like he a, could like have lo- if
0: he wouldn't have been such a fucking dumbass.
2: I don't think so. I think even if he wasn't a dumbass, like his music is
0: just the the dumbassness reflects in the music as well. Is what I'm saying.
2: Oh yeah, you know? but yeah. I mean, I'm I'm just saying like, okay, his rap is garbage, right? I'm not even gonna talk about his rapping, no, but I'm he's talking about a like garbage
0: the- rapper though.
2: He, he is, is a, I don't think he's that bad. Oh, he's garbage. <laughs> he's garbage oh, with topics and rapping. It's it's not creative. No. It's it's no, all I, I, same tune. Guys,
0: you cannot say that Hobson is on the exact same level as Soldier Boy. You can't say that.
2: Mm. No, you can't I, say that, but I would say Soldier has had better records. Like I can put out I can pull out better records than, than Hobson. Like even Soldier Boy,
0: like Crank That.
2: Yeah, like crank that. Right? Even that was a more creative song than Hobson really? Hobson's entire career. Yeah, sure. You don't have to like the song, but it was entirely creative at the time. Like, I hated it. I was young and I was rapping and I was like, man, who's this dumb, young like, fucking idiot making this shitty music? But it was catchy and it was different and he produced it himself and nothing sounded like that at the time. Hobson has never made anything that made me go, damn, no one's ever made anything like this. He's not in 2014. It had to be 2013 or before. I think it was 2012.
0: Hold on, uh, Hobbs. I was shirt?
1: gonna say because 2015 sounds really oh, late to give fucking Hobbs yeah, okay. 2012,
2: that was the one. Was okay, like- there we oh, is. Oh, that
0: was with Danny Brown. Oh yeah. Oh damn, oh, shit. Futures
2: on there. Damn, oh, Macklemore. I forgot Future was. I forgot Future was uh, freshman ones. Oof. Huh. Man, this is a this is a mixed bag. You
0: fucking got <laughs> Macklemore and Iggy Azalea on the cover. It's so weird. Like you know they didn't oh, talk to each other. Machine Gun Kelly. Wow, he had that. So he had that in 2012. Machine Gun Kelly was supposed to pop. Yeah, and he didn't pop until literally last year. With yeah, with that
2: did he even pop? Fuck? Really? Like
1: uh, uh, he had a big hit on the uh, pop radio with that chick from uh, Fifth Harmony. Yeah, I sure. mean,
2: before that, that in 2012 he was popping within like a very particular scene. Like he, he was, was making not music with Waka though. Flocka. Yeah, he was. He no, was. No, to- he was big. Not to- like wise, that, he was. Though. He wasn't. No, he's ass. Don't get me wrong, but he, he was no, big. Like he was. He made collab, uh, collaboration songs with Waka Flocka, who was no. Like he he did the God Wild Boy.
0: The he did the Wild Boy joint, but that was it. And oh shit, that went platinum. Okay. Yeah, but that I, was. I don't big. remember people rocking with it like that though.
2: Well, no, because again, it depends what like circle you're in. Again, yeah, I don't like sure. his music either, but I was very aware of his presence yeah. at the time. Um, oh, man, I mean, like bad list. things
0: was inescapable last year.
2: Man, Hobson is, trash. <sighs> I is I
0: guys, trash. I hope you guys.
2: I hope you guys don't no. have too many
1: Hobson fans. No, we don't. Don't worry. We fucking reviewed an okay. album. of I see a lot of people he...
0: dump on me because I do give him props in certain places. Nah,
2: I'm. I'm he's very a, he's a snotty
0: brat who needs to fucking chill the fuck out. You know what I mean? No, he's just
2: not a. He's just also not a good rapper. Like I don't you can't know. Man. Call fuck. him
0: not a good rapper. Like if you took away his personality and replaced it with like another one the talent and the skill in putting the words together is still there.
2: I don't know. I think the creativity, not, is, creativity is not just the words that he's saying, but the way that he chooses to say them. It's all just a derivative of like Eminem or someone else. And it's just, and, and if that, to some people that's cool because they, to them it's got this nostalgia factor and yet it's different because it's new. It's not the same songs as they've heard before. But to me, it just, it doesn't work. It's the same reason why when a, What's his name? Came out first. Oh, that's another person that ho- hopefully will end up next year. Uh, your old droog, when he first came out, oh, he yeah, sounded yeah. way too much like Nas. I couldn't listen to him. I'm such a huge Nas fan. I couldn't listen to this guy.
0: When that start, when that whole thing started happening, I was like, I'm not even gonna bother. And because- now
2: he came out. He came out with the tape this year, I think. And I gave it a chance, and it's actually really good. Like it's like at least a strong seven. Good, you know. And um. But yeah, because now he's doing something different. Now he's doing something different beyond just sounding like Nas. And what happened with Dram?
0: Oh, Dram. Oh shit, yeah. So mm. Dram, actually, yeah. I, he, yo, I would have put him on this list, actually. Yeah, but maybe
2: he rejected the offer. Oh, like, yeah, i look that these, up. Like, the really big people reject the offer. Mm. I'm sure
1: we talked about this last year, but I just love the fucking cover of the 2013. It says, 2013's freshman class, best ever?! And it's
2: uh, oh, it's yeah. so so.
1: You got Schoolboy Q, uh, Trinidad James, Joey Badass, Absol, Logic, Action Bronson, Kirkle Bangs, Travis Scott, uh, Dizzy Wright, and uh, Angel Hayes.
2: Guys, did you know that Logic is half black? Sorry, oh my God, I no! I had no fucking idea. <laughs> Yo, I know. I just found out, guys. It's crazy.
1: Like we said it in the review. I don't want to shit on a situation or what he's had to deal with or any of that but
0: i got it that's good <laughs> it. That's like, good. the problem with him is is he's not saying anything in addition Else, yeah. to that there's no commentary that really makes it matter we were talking about this before um we were talking about the fact that he's like i, w- I was black but i was also part white and it's like okay what does that mean he doesn't tell you about the experiences of being white versus all, being white in some situations and being black in other situations. And I felt that the reason why he didn't do that was because in some situations where he could pass as white, it is possible that he, you know, he, because he benefited from that, he didn't want to tell you about it because he felt that that wouldn't garner enough sympathy. Right. Where it's like, oh, here's a situation in which I was able to scoot by because I was white uh, because I looked white. And now I kind of ha- have a regret because of that. Because maybe I should have used my voice. Maybe I should have spoken out. Maybe I should have done something. Used my advantage, but I didn't do it. But I felt like we never got any sort of reflection on that because he was so busy trying to make you just sympathize with him for being oh my god, but he's half black. It's like he's oh, it's so great. Yeah, he's no, my my, my
2: problem with it is is like because a lot of people defend him saying like, well, it's because okay he he's mixed but like with, with with a lot of black artists who are half white you you can't tell they're half white cuz they're obviously black but but he looks white so he needs to remind people that he's black i don't understand why he does need to do that why why i'm sure his life has been fine for him through most of his like life for people that didn't know him like he clearly looks white he probably had fewer issues than if he were black like, social wise, socially wise, right? So why claim this blackness when it's convenient to you? Like, and, you know, like, not really be behind it 100%. Because he's what, my problem logic, he's like one of those people who are like, why don't we all get along? We're all people. I hate that shit. It's, it's corny to me. It, it's, it, 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 basically, you're denying all the social injustices out there when you're, like, minimizing it to, like, man, it's why do we have to make it about black? Why do we make it about white? Educate yourself stop being a fool
0: you know my problem with it is um i think he had a song in particular where he was talking about how uh me being
2: have black i didn't
1: know boyhood took 12 years to make
0: (laughs) (laughs) he was talking about the fact that his mom was even though she was white and like had a baby with a black guy she was actually really racist towards black people and i was thinking you know it'd be really genius if you had a couple joints where it was like hey i'm criticizing the issues within Black culture, the misogyny, and this, that, and the third. And then maybe he could have a point where he's like, wait a minute, am I being overly critical because of that racism that was embedded through me and my mom? Or do I actually really care about, you know, my fellow Black people and I actually have something to say, you know? I hope that he says
2: that in his ne- next record. Like, guys, I'm so sorry.
0: Like, have something self-critical to be looking at yourself and being like, how has my advantages as being white passing colored my perception of reality? Because otherwise, yeah, it just looks like he's
2: like he wants validity now. You know, like, yeah. hey guys, I, I know I look white, but don't forget, I'm also, also part black, so that means you guys have to treat me as such. And I don't know what, what he's trying to imply, you know? Yeah. Like, w- what's the point?
0: Yeah, what basically I end up feeling like is just going like, so?
2: <laughs> yeah, <just> like, like, <laughs> that's the thing because he never had a really as far as i know i mean i'm sure his fans will be quick to correct me i know you guys have logic fans because logic fans pop up everywhere but uh look i'm not hating on the guy guy can rap but what i'm saying is there is no substance to constantly reminding i don't know it's more of a meme these days but still like it is present uh in sort of like uh the way he maneuvers himself and talks about it he clearly cares, you know? And I don't want to take it back, but I will take this back as an excuse for to a
1: cheap uh, plug for the Patreon extra footage. But uh, you know who covered this uh, mixed race things really well? Chino XL with the song What Am I off uh, Here to Save You All. Check that one out. And I'm looking at an alternate picture of the Double XL cover. Dude, you're right. Cap cannot take a decent picture.
0: He's an unphotogenic motherfucker.
2: Yeah, and then in the videos, he's like, you, you see him from different angles. You're like, oh, he's not so, he's not so ugly. But in that like photo shoot, he's just like, dude, but dude? How do you look so weird?
0: <laughs> can I, can I just say there is a, there's actually an odd amount of dollar signs for, for a lot of this. List. I noticed that. Not, yeah, not every single one. But this like, it just feels weird that like after the year, like just. Past the year two thousand, that we still have people who think it's clever to put dollar signs in their name, you know. Yeah, it's like people who still put Z
2: instead of S in their like names. It's i'm always makes me go like, wait, what? They're <laughs> still doing that? <laughs> Come on, man, that was a '90s thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like this is still clever to you? Like what are like, you
2: doing? I mean, like, no disrespect to Tupac, like all eyes on me with the Z as well. But like yeah, as I said, this that was a '90s thing. You had already name-dropped him once. Maybe it's time
1: for us to uh, shift over to the album review?
0: Yeah, actually. Darren,
1: this is sure. a Patreon request on your end, am I right?
0: Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, I should probably look at who made it. Hold on. Well, that's fine. <laughs> I, I will have cut as
1: soon as I asked that question, and I can cut back in when you've got it.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. Did you want to stick around for us to talk about it?
2: I'll be. I'll try to be more quiet for sure. Like, sorry if I've if I've been talking oh, too no. much, but no. like, um,
0: no, dude, no, 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 no. I I just wanted to know, like, if you've listened to it and you wanted to, like, oh yeah, yeah, talk no, I him,
2: I grew up I grew up listening to Tupac a lot. I mean, I mean, he was my favorite freshman from the, twenty twelve. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> that kid's just, going yeah, places. The guy
0: has a bright future. He's gonna go places.
2: Yeah, I mean, no, it's such an interesting album. I, I want I want to hear you guys talk about it.
0: Uh, so, today we're reviewing Tupac's uh, album, uh, All Eyes on Me, um, it, which was requested by Eric Schinnefeld. So, thank you for that request. And um, it's actually fascinating because I, I, I was listening to Tupac in order to get ready for the movie that it actually came out last week. Uh, mm. And I actually have a review with D-Respect D- that should be coming out around, like, you know or around sometime this week that y'all ah, can check cool. out, so I don't want to get into that too much here. Um, but, yeah, we're reviewing the All Eyes on Me. I thought it was the perfect time, mm-hmm. you know, to review the album, talk about it, talk about how we felt about it. And l- just listening to his other music first, it's actually pretty fascinating, the sort of metamorphosis that he goes through, because when you listen to Strictly for My Niggas and Two Pocalypse now, it is a Harbor very... Carbocardious, yeah yeah he is a very different animal than on this album, and it's not to say that he's completely divorced from that sort of more uh uh gangster he was kind of a hybrid when he came out he was gangster rap slash political commentary he was literally the 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 perfect mixture of n w a and public enemy hmm, like he absolutely. he was the logical next step for yeah. you know uh the way music was going but um I I personally feel like the the real meat of his messages started to get muddled around about this time. Um, That's not necessarily to say that the music is bad or that the lyrics are bad, actually. But it is to say that, like, you know, I I end up feeling like his older stuff, like, since that came first, it feels like you should have been evolving and making more stronger content in this vein. And it felt like it kind of got... Changed around. I mean, hey, that's what fucking prison will do right. to you. You know what I mean? Like, you get out, you're with a completely new label that main focus is gangster rap. You're gonna be pushed in that direction more. You why, know? Why
2: do you? Th- why do you think? Why do you think he did that? Like, why? Do you, why do you think he had two very socially conscious albums, and then he came out with this double album that? Um, I mean, there were a couple songs here and there where he talked about like, um feeling like he's being under surveillance surveillance mm-hmm. and like the whole all eyes on me thing plays in like uh, in different ways. But generally speaking, yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't feel like anything like the two previous albums. And do you think there's, do you have any theories for why you
0: think that this may be so? Oh, no, no doubt. The reason is because he went to jail. Um, he went to jail and then he was mm-hmm. in there for a while on those charges. And then when he came out, the person who was there to help him, was Suge Knight, Death Row. They're all about that gangster rap shit. And it's like, all right, we'll help you out, but you've got to make the music that we're trying to make over here. You know, we have a certain brand that we're associated with, and you I need kind to of cater agree. that brand.
2: I kind of agree. I think it goes a little deeper than that. I think it's not just the fact that Shook Knight specifically asked for a particular type of so- no, like no, music. Because I think Suge he- Knight knew that Shook, like, Tupac was just anything he was gonna put out was probably gonna blow up at that point this was like a a very good time to be tupac uh and uh i think the reason why he came out with this kind of music is tied in with why he specifically made a double album was because the his contract was a three album contract with uh death row when he came out of jail and this one technically qualified as two releases Mm. So yeah. to, to I'm interested as to why he did that. What Was he trying to rush out of a contract so that he could be making that's more independent choices?
0: That's what I was thinking.
2: Because you know what? Every time you see interviews about people like recollecting Tupac in the last couple, like, oh yeah, I remember in 95 and 96, Tupac was, uh, they always say the same thing. He was constantly in the studio. He was nonstop in the booth recording, recording, recording. And that's why we have so many posthumous mm. songs. To me, it seems, what if it, that, that somehow ties in with him like that's why he put out the double album that's why there was so much music that was unreleased he was very prolific towards the end of his life and i wonder if that had if that like the the contract was in any way relevant
0: you know it's interesting i'm even looking at um me against the world the album that like where he wasn't with death row yet but you could sort of hearing the change in direction but even that still had dear mama even that still had so many tears like those were the big singles you know what i mean Uh that's what people knew. And even though it's like, yeah, we know that he's the gangster rapper, but the main image that he's projecting is, you know, him loving his mom. The main image he's projecting is the the trials and tribulations that he's gone through. Not necessarily the we pop off guns at anybody trying to fuck with us. But specifically with all eyes on me, there's that turn. And like I said, I don't think it was like, you know, I don't think uh Suge was like forcing his hand, you have to make gangster rap. But I think just being around that atmosphere you're going to be more likely to do that. You know, you're just gonna, it's just what's gonna happen. But yeah, I think there's a lot more anger in this album where the anger before was at an unjust system, like an unjust, like bigger social, political things at work. Here it feels like the anger is a lot more personal. Yeah. Uh, It feels like it's at specific people that wronged him. You know what I mean? There's no stories here. Everything is directly real. This happened. And he's telling you about it. And he doesn't really care how it comes out. He's just telling you what it is. Uh, now, what I do like about it is that he manages to still be. It, see, and this is what's kind of fascinating about Tupac is that I don't think people would call Tupac a lyrical rapper, but he actually was very lyrical. I, and, and I find that interesting. Like, people would call Notorious B.I.G. a lyrical rapper, but people would more likely call Tupac a more passionate rapper, you know, because of it was more reliant on the energy. But he was still had multis out the ass he rhymed uh words in certain ways that i would just think like oh wow i mean you say multis out the ass like,
2: like did did people back then ever really consider either biggie or tupac lyrical like i know a Probably lot of people not. look back at it now in hindsight but we had rakim we had Nas. Yeah we had Jay-Z, who was more lyrical than both Tupac and Biggie.
0: And what I think is interesting about, like, I think the bar was just so high at that point (laughs) that for anyone not directly doing that, we just thought of them in a a completely different atmosphere. But it's funny, looking back on it now, it's like, dude, uh, what's that one lyric? This wasn't even one of uh, Tupac's verses. It was just somebody who was doing gangster rap, right? Like, yeah. This was gangster rap. Like, this whole album is hardcore gangster rap.
2: It's funny because this is the album people quote the least these days. Like, Tupac fans don't like to quote All lies On Me when they try to make a point. They 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 quote Tupacalypse now or Strictly 4 because, <laughs> because that was the socially conscious shit. Like, people talk about these albums in hindsight, but sometimes we fail to put ourselves in that time and space, right? ninety, ninety five, ninety ninety six. you had... What were the other big records like during that time? Like Ice Cream Man for, by Master P comes to <laughs> mind, right? And again, that's, uh, again, it's a turn in hip-hop. You could tell there was like this turn mm. in hip-hop uh, pre-Hate
0: Me Now Nas. Like, yeah. Hate we Me also Now had, Nas
2: happened because of that.
0: We also had Buster Rhymes around the same True. time. and True. Before he came on, he was actually a lot more lyrical. He actually toned it down a little bit for his debut. But it was still the idea, he's crazy because of all the words he puts together. You know what I mean? It wasn't just the energy. It was like, but listen to how smart he is while he's doing it. You know? When, when this album um,
2: came out, like, what do you think people back then would compare it to? Because every time an album comes out, people are able to compare yeah. it within the context of its time. Do you think All Eyes On Me sounded more like a Biggie record than any other Tupac record, for instance?
0: I would say that much because it, so- it specifically sounded more like gangster rap than what he was doing before. Because what he was doing before was coming hot off of the heels of, um, because, you know, uh, 90, 91 was literally the prime time for Afrocentrism, right? Absolutely. So, so, like, he was hot off the heels of uh, uh, cats like Arrested Development, Public Enemy, X-Clan, Poor Righteous Teachers. So that's what he was among. So for him to change specifically to this, people were probably saying, oh, he's trying to sound like... um, um the chronic that just came out two years ago he's trying to sound like uh uh who's the other cats like like MC8, um um dj quick who he actually yeah, i was gonna say yeah, here. dj
2: quick and snoop and
0: yeah yeah hey. and it's snoop definitely snoop yeah. uh so you know that harder bent uh with the more with the synthesizers and stuff and it's kind of a perfect leap honestly because the the older beats from 91 92 if you would have kept going with that it would have gotten played out after a while that's why digital underground didn't last their sound wasn't yeah they had the funk in there but it wasn't really that harder edge that people were really looking for it's you know? funny
2: you say that cuz i feel like the, the 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 songs that people remember best off of all eyes on me are basically updated versions of that um like 91 92 funk era like <laughs> rap cuz cuz america's most wanted and california mm-hmm. love where like I don't remember, I think those were the two singles. He might have had more singles, but yeah, California Your Love being,
0: was is literally his like first number one single.
2: Yeah, it was yeah, it was it was a big deal. And then also America's Most Wanted has again that like that fat snare and uh like I don't know, that kind of like you can't help but move yeah. when you hear. When and you it hear has the music. Snoop
0: Dogg on it. So it was like, here's Absolutely, Snoop Dogg yeah. fresh off of his trial um you know murder is the case that they gave me you know what i mean so he has yeah. that controversy going and you have tupac fresh out of jail literally i mean there's a reason why they called the song two of america's most wanted like they tried to get us but they couldn't you know what i mean yeah
2: and they were pra- they were both more or less like the pr- like it was definitely the best time for th- their careers as well and you, like everybody knew snoop at that point everybody knew tupac and Honestly it's hard to tell who who outdid the other on the record. They both just complemented each other really really well and mm. it's a shame that we didn't get to hear more more music
0: by by the both of them. I, the, I would you know. only say Tupac outdid him because there was one point where Snoop Dogg kind of simplifies his flow and yeah that like that that kind of works with him but it felt a little too much of a throwback to the older stuff, you know what I true, mean? True, he's true. like, you work so hard until your eyes swirl. I was like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> but
2: I, I can never be mad at Snoop because he wrote like my favorite records. during like, Chronic album was great, but my favorite verses were old Snoop's or the ones that Snoop wrote. Mm-hmm. So, um, but so... yeah, he did simplify it. That, that's it's it's funny that you say that because every time Snoop simplifies it, we give him a pass. Mm. But if anyone yeah. else did shit like that, we'd <laughs> be like, what are you
0: doing? <laughs> I think he's he's got that flow, man. He's got he's got flow. that charm. He's like you can't it's disrespect important. Snoop. Yeah. Um. But going through this album, uh, listening to it like all the way through, uh, for the first time, like for for the point of looking at it critically, I found it interesting how a lot of the first songs were actually about women. Yeah. Like you know, did you think that was interesting? Like, okay, you have the first song, "Ambitions" as a Rider. And then you have All About You and Scandalous, which are all about, like, women and Mm -hmm. how, you know, these scandalous hoes be trying to fuck us up. And, oh, man, I I keep dealing with these hoes that keep trying to fuck with me everywhere I go. And I was like, it's interesting because it's usually, you don't hear, you know, Tupac raps about women. Like, eh, usually when he does, it's, like, I I don't know. I just expected this to be later on in the album. I expected it to be front-loaded with the two of America's Most Wanted, the No More Pain, the, you know what Mm I mean? Yeah. Um... But then you got, uh, Got My Mind Made Up, which, who the fuck is that first guy? Like, I, I honestly wanted to go, like, dude, could they, like, turn up his mic? Like, dude, speak up. Oh, uh, Daz. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm the best friend, best rapper ever. <laughs> <I'm> like, what? <laughs> What's that he say? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, um, I, I'm coming from this from, from a similar but different point of view because you said that you're listening to this album for the first time critically. This was the first time I listened to the album <laughs> uh, ever. Like oh, ever? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I've mentioned this on the show before that I've had a history of kind of sleeping on Tupac and I listened to a mm-hmm. few of his stuff and I wasn't, you know, really that into it. So I just never really checked out, you know, the other stuff past that point. Uh, so all eyes on me for this week. This past week, I listened to it at least maybe like three times or whatever. Uh, it was a brand new experience. How does it
2: hold up? <laughs> what? That's good because it's you got an interesting perspective.
1: Yeah. Um, I had no idea what to expect. Uh, going in. Um, and uh, <laughs> just uh, just before we get into the album, like chronologically or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got my mom made up. Interesting tidbit. Uh, was like a Tupac Wu Tang <laughs> collaboration. And from what I'm reading... Um... Deck had a verse... But they took it out because it was too long... That's unfortunate... (laughs) Because... Well, for one... Corrupts is long as fuck... But also... I'm really missing "Inspected Deck right about now... But... There's a fucking line... That I got to highlight... From fucking Method Man... What? Fuck you losers... While you ja... While you fake jacks... I make maneuvers... Like Hitler sticking up Jews with German Lugers. Yeah, that was edited It was. On the version yeah, it that was, uh, I was listening to. Like Hitler sticking up with German... <laughs> still, like, it's like, Whoa. I know where you're going, though. You still said Hitler.
0: <laughs> I could, I could connect you... the dots. Why are you sticking up specifically Jewish people? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. What's wrong with you, Method Man?
2: I think it was like, back then it was like less offensive to say things like, oh, yeah, we associate Jews with money, and so, like, I'm robbing a rich person, you know? Uh, like, a lot uh, of people A lot of people just kind of were, um, again, it was also shock value. Yeah.
0: Like, uh, or, he, and also, it could be saying, like, hey, a lot of Jewish people, like, are higher-ups in the industry, so he's saying, we're getting money from them.
2: Yeah, Redman killed his verse. Oh, yeah.
0: Redman was fucking Red Man. He stole incredible. the show. Um, and, and then you hear, but my thing is, like, why would you even have inspect the like, deck yeah the INS it, <laughs> you know and then just cut them off like what's the point what, Were they going to go like oh look out for the deluxe version <laughs> you know <laughs> but um that doesn't make sense either because a lot of these songs are really fucking long yeah. like so it doesn't make sense for him to be like oh we cut it out it was, it was it was just too long man Like, what the fuck are you talking about this is like what's your phone number the first two minutes is just like two verses and then the last like three or four minutes is just, like, a sex phone conversation. Yeah. You mean to tell me they couldn't cut the fucking sex phone conversation to have INS I in there? I could done without that. The fuck? <laughs> uh, although, like, I understand that kind of had its own charm. In the 90s, everyone seemed to want to one-up each other with, like, having sex or something like that. So that was kind of, like, his version of that, you know, with the lengthy sex phone conversation. And... I, I, if you're fine with you know hearing the sexual exploits of a dead man, <laughs> you know, please listen right ahead. But it is kind of yeah. weird.
2: <laughs> what a weird time! What a weird time! Definitely not my favorite Tupac record, uh, by the way. Like I, I don't know how many people would consider it their favorite
0: Tupac record. It- it has a solid groove though like his oh flow no the is, music is great the music and is his great. flow is fucking on point like i was i listened to it the first time and of course like the sleaze factor at first was just like i don't want to listen to this but then when i like listened to it critically i was like dude is actually fucking spitting like he's got this shit you know like yeah, his it... voice is so uh imbued just into the track it's kind of awesome
2: yeah, you know. but when I go back to Tupac, I'm listening to Brenda's Gotta Baby. Mm-hmm. I'm listening mm-hmm. to Keep Your Head Up. I'm listening to, and if I want to get some ignorant shit, I'll put on I Don't Give a Fuck. And yeah. for some reason, All Eyes on Me it never kind of... I, there's like a couple songs here and there. The thing is, I don't hate any of the joints on there, right? right? Everything's great. It's got a nice flow to it, as you say, but I just don't come back to that record. And, and I don't know. It's kind of no. crazy to me that... that it's it's such a different tupac and and, yeah. and and people i don't know this is this is funny that's that that's the last tupac record we got mm-hmm. it's bizarre to
0: me it's re- well really before is. i mean technically if you want to count the uh the machiavelli 7 day theory oh yeah do you think do you think he, you he think, was alive uh, while they were recording it technically i mean eh. yeah uh man yeah I
2: I, who who else like had this sort of career switch like i mean Nas with the nostradamus i'd say
0: yeah well because he went from i'm the quiet thug well he was doing the quiet thug poet slash uh shock rap because that was just the fucking thing in the 90s Mm. like shock rap honestly it doesn't end with um you know a lot of people think shock rap kind of ends with like uh i don't know maybe like red man or or the flatliners or or maybe um who, who who are the that group that Red, uh that RZA had the grave diggers, grave diggers yeah. or, or
3: yeah, yeah
0: uh, no Gra- shock rap was really the fucking style in the nineties. Like yeah. if you if it wasn't your big hit single, you probably had shock rap in it. Yeah, you know old what dirty I mean?
2: bastard was shock. Va- I mean, even mm. Nazo Nelmatic was like saying shit sometimes just for the shock value. Like this stuff in yeah, Jesus yeah. part. Now we look back, and we're like, yeah, that's so dope. But back when it came out, it was almost strictly just for the Sherlock value.
0: Yeah, he's like, I'll rape uh, Mother Mary and sh- yeah, shoot a nun in the head in or Jesus. some stupid shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he was like, 17 what?
2: or 18, so, like, again, you can look back and you can see why he did that. He was basically Tyler, <laughs> the creator, of age.
0: Yeah, uh, but could, could you imagine, like, probably back then, the people who were, like, the people who were really big into hip-hop but wanted to hate on the current trend, that was probably what they were hating on. Like, oh, he just has to talk about uh, Raymond no, Mother but, Mary. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> no, but Nas was kind of like, I feel like a lot of people appreciated Nas at the time, not to diverge into Nas for too long, but uh, because, like, people fuck with Nas because he was basically like the Kendrick Lamar of their time. Yeah. He was like the, the natural progression. Tupac was the natural progression to, as you said, N.W.A. in Public Enemy. And Nas was the natural progression to Big Daddy Kane and Rock Kim. Mm-hmm. So I, um, think, I think they both made sense.
0: Um, now, and, and that's not to say that going back to the songs about uh, the women and stuff like that, it's not to say that they were bad. They're actually right. pretty good because, like I said, they managed to keep up the sort of um, the description and, and storytelling and lyrical skill that he kind of has a, has a knack for. Like, you can't front on how good he is at rapping. Right. Like, yeah. as much as people like to go like, oh, it's really about the passion. Because some people like to put him out of the list because, um, well, they think more about his passion than how he actually puts words together. But it's like, you can't front on this dude. Dude knew how to put together a fucking song. Um, I hear a Tupac lot of... Tupac did,
2: but it wasn't like, it wasn't super, super lyrical either. I think that's what people have trouble with, because a lot of people hold Tupac and Biggie specifically, like, at this level of like, yeah, nobody was better. To the point where mm. you can be like, what about Reasonable Doubt? What mm. about Illmatic? Right. Like, right. Pe- people like to dismiss these other records that were just as good, if not better, because these Because guys didn't they die. died. Yeah. yeah if yeah. Nas died after Nostradamus, we treat it probably in a similar way as we treat All Eyes on Me. We consider uh-huh. it was written in Ilmatic, absolute classics, and very different yeah. to Nostradamus. And you know, I'd be thought like, yeah, hey, he's a genius.
0: Yo, I just thought about something. Does anyone ever bring up any of their actual albums to say that they're, like, the best albums for Tupac? No,
2: no. Most people would just, most people just say, just say Tupac the same way people say Bob Marley. Yeah. Like, a lot of people yeah. who claim to really like Bob Marley can't name five Bob Marley songs off Or, or albums,
0: you know? albums. Albums. Or albums, you know. like you know, Oh, yeah, you think he's the greatest. Okay, what's Bob Marley's best album? You know what I mean? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it to me, it's interesting because, like, fine, if you can't name an album, um, I can kind of forgive you for that because maybe you're the type of person who's, like, a casual listener, mm-hmm. right? But if yeah. you can't name, like, five songs by Tupac, and most people who who claim to be Tupac fans really can't. Like, yeah, you got the, I don't know, like, the really obvious joints that people go for. But for the most part, like, I don't think... T- People who say they respect Tupac really respect Tupac for the right reasons. They just know, like these two guys died. Everyone mm-hmm. considers them legends, and so yeah. should I.
0: And also, like he w- he represented the super gangster. Mm. Yeah, and it's I hard mean? to hate. It's hard. Like, Thug what, life. What, are you,
2: what are you gonna say? All eyes on me was eh, mediocre, and that's it. And people like, like now maybe it's actually easier, and maybe it would even be trendy to say something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think so. But right, like, right. but for like twenty odd years, it was. <laughs> tupac wasn't
0: so great like yeah (laughs)
2: if you you said that like 10 years ago you like you you could get jumped like it was that serious you know like
1: nowadays saying tupac is overrated is like saying the beatles are overrated everyone is fucking saying it yep absolutely you you talk uh, about tupac you talk about uh notorious B.I.G. why the fuck is no one talking about fucking big l because yeah, he didn't
2: sure. really, like... Ugh. He didn't okay, have so a hit single like that. He didn't have... Okay, so Biggie, you can't say he was really prolific because he didn't have, like... Like, Tupac was prolific. He, he was cool. he really had, like, prolific. one and a half he was, albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. One and a half, Biggie only had one and a half album, but that album was, was huge. Biggie had a huge impact for... In terms of, like, New York and, like, popular music in New York, mm. right? He was, like, the big pop hip-hop artist. And then Pac was, like, this... He's just a revolutionary. Like people really viewed him as like as this revolutionary individual who was just like bigger, larger than life. And then uh, Big L just wasn't as present. Like he wasn't part of any
0: movement. He wasn't Yeah. yeah
2: part of really any movement. You can't really be like, oh yeah, my favorite Big L records are this 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 and that you can you can you can remember two three lines here and there we remember his voice he's only we basically his... got
1: the one cuz he had the one in 95 and then a posthumous one that came out in 2000 so
0: yeah which account <laughs> but then you have um like a guy like Big Pun mm. he's remembered well because not only was he a great rapper he was also like one of the first Latino he was the first Puerto yeah. Rican
2: rapper to go platinum yeah
0: yeah and so that means something cuz it's more than just he was the guy yeah, who put out good music. Yeah, he was the guy the who represented these people that put out good music. He was you know the what I mean? first
2: of, you know, like whenever you're yeah, the yeah. first of, you kind of. And, and I mean, yeah, he was really he was really good, too. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. From, I mean, now looking back at it, it was a bit of the lyrical miracle thing and just spinning saying a lot of things. And if you pay attention to how Big Pun breathes on records, just trying to really pay attention to how he <laughs> breathes. It's kind of funny.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you, you have to admit it's
2: kind of funny um but yeah i i think big l didn't have that same significance i i feel like um if if jay-z died after reasonable doubt Mm. uh, we maybe would remember him in almost similar terms as big l because reasonable doubt was a classic now but it it didn't do so well upon release if i recall correctly Yeah.
0: yeah you know what the problem is he's put out too much music yeah like and at the time it's great because hey uh, new album after new album, hit song after hit song, but now it's kind of hard to go through the weeds and figure out which, what was really great and what Absolutely. was, you know what I mean, what was mediocre. Yeah. So people don't really do that as much. So he has the legacy of being great. And of course, we've always point to Reasonable Doubt. Mm. But does anyone really point to Rock La Familia <laughs> or, <Yeah. laughs> uh, or the second I guess one? Call- <laughs> yeah or or yeah in my lifetime or whatever like there was like the three-parter thing the
2: first five albums pe- most people can't name jay-z's first five first five albums because most of them we just don't remember they didn't stay mm-hmm. wait the, let the, me the see the words- if i can name them wait hold okay.
0: on, let me see if i can name them all right so we have um of course we have reasonable doubt right obviously then we have uh classic uh volume one, two, and three. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I mean it is like volume one in my life. Uh-huh. Well, they all kind of named weird though, so it is kind of hard to remember. It, like it volume, is, yeah.
2: Volume one. Okay, one, two, three. I'll, I'll give you a pass. Yeah, you can, you can. You can yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, I do remember in my life, and then like the S Carter, like S dot. Yeah, that's Life and
2: times of S Carter.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Life and times of S Carter. Uh and then you have. Blueprint, I think, is the first nope.
2: one. That's, where, that's when Rock La Familia came out. Yeah, See, like, nobody remembers that. Yeah,
0: it, <laughs> it, it preceded the Blueprint.
1: Yeah, that's 2000, oh, yeah. The reason why, 2001.
2: The
0: yeah. reason why people don't remember that is because it was supposed to be a compilation album, and then he just, at the last second, slapped his name on it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it was like, fuck it, yeah. it's my
0: album. <laughs> yeah,
2: that was, that's actually exactly it. That, it's interesting because like the, the records we remember him for are uh, Reasonable Doubt, Blueprint hard knock life Black god album. damn it. that was volume 2 yeah you two. forgot yeah hard knock life uh, was
0: volume Ah, come on yeah sorry you were saying <laughs> <laughs>
2: no but yeah it's like he he he's he's had some classic records but in between the classic records there there's just some like forgettable garbage like kingdom come mm. and mm. life in times of s carter and blueprint 3 <laughs> like Come on, yeah. American Gangster was slept on, in
0: my opinion. Oh, oh, it, yeah, that was a really good one. Actually, such a good
2: record, and like um, conceptual, and I don't know. I, I thought it was one of his best records, and I was so surprised that I'm so surprised that people don't put it in their top three J records.
0: You know what his problem was? He tried to do the fucking part one, part two, yeah. part three bullshit, and that just uh, that just puts down your your. Just your legacy because you're already looking like you're going back to the well instead of making something new yeah, you know your absolutely. first album is reasonable doubt and then your next three are volume one volume two and volume three like that's just yeah. not a memorable sound it doesn't sound memorable you know
2: yeah but you got to remember back then a lot of rappers especially like nerds like jay-z like sure he has like actually real criminal past and associations all that but all th- all of those things aside like he's a nerd and a lot of the hip-hop dudes, especially in New York at the time, were movie nerds, like mm. um, like mafia mm. movie nerds. And they were really yeah. obsessed with, like, making references and releasing music in the way that some of those movies were released. And, like, the covers and the the, the fonts, everything was, like, inspired, uh-huh. you know? So I think maybe the volume one, two, three might have been, like, also sort of, sort of along those lines, like... He was thinking of so like, man, wouldn't it be epic? It's like a book or like it's yeah. like a three part movie or like I'm yeah. sure he had like a very idealistic, nerdy, like everybody. Th- everybody's going to think I'm so cool type of image <laughs> in his head, because in the end, we're all people. And when we come up with these ideas, we kind of have the same yeah. uh, sort of processes that we go through.
0: It's kind of like how Lupe... Was like, hey, I'm gonna put out my first album, and it's called. Uh, well, okay, what's his first album? Uh, fu- uh, food. And- oh wait, was it f- Food yeah. and Liquor? Food and Liquor Volume One. And then, whatever? no, no, it was just Food and Liquor. Oh, and then and liquor, yeah. he puts out uh, the Cool, the Cool, which is, which is awesome. Yeah, which is based on one of the songs from the first album, expanded into its own album. Except he doesn't really do that because the first two, the like the second track on the album is a complete departure and is about something else. And then the third yeah. track is just about him as a rapper. And then finally when we get to the fourth track, we're start we're talking about the character the cool. But by then we're just like, "Wait, who what is this album supposed to be about again?" And then by the last track we're like, "Go baby. What the fuck does that have to do with the cool?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it just gets so muddled. And then so finally, uh what did he do after that? He did The Cool and then he did the the album that was delayed. Um Right uh lasers mm-hmm. oh my which, god lasers yeah which people didn't like and so already he's interrupting the flow of sort of what people would consider to be like a good discography you know what i mean yeah. and then you have food and liquor to the great american rap album volume one or something like that it's just like <laughs> yeah what <laughs> yeah un-
2: unless unless your tape is like a collection of b-side throwaway joints don't call it volume one yeah right? <laughs> like yeah like um I don't know. It's weird. Cause as soon as I see volume one, it just makes me feel like it's an incomplete thing. Yeah. You know? Your and brain I'm like,
0: immediately thinks that it's not as important.
2: Yeah. I'm <laughs> judging it already in a particular context of like, all right, well the second record, I'm going to compare it with this one. I have to, because it's volume two, whether I want to or not, like in my mind, I'm going to associate those two albums together. And you don't always want that. You kind of sometimes want to have these standalone projects, but I mean, sometimes yeah. it's worked. I'm sure it's worked for some people.
0: Um, I can't name any that it's worked for. But. <laughs> uh, Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> um, going back to Tupac. Now. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: so my initial takeaway. Going off. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> I was like going off. Oh, Look yeah. <laughs> uh, my uh right, what were you my saying? initial
1: takeaway from this album is that this to me is what a pure rap album sounds like. Like. If you had somebody coming from another planet and they wanted to know what hip-hop sounded like, I don't know what they would how they would know what hip hop was, but if they were like, "I need an example <laughs> of what hip hop is," I'd probably give them this album because it's the most straightforward, like, very minimal on the samples. It's very original. You know, it just kind of runs together
2: there. But that's what that's As weird. You say, very minimal on the, on the samples. Very minimal on the samples. How is that hip hop?
1: No, it's it, anything, it gives you an an a evolution. bass sound. Okay, gotcha. Like all yeah. all these other people build off on what this sound is, and that, that to me is how it's like a pure hip. Like it's it's not very like like we we're talking about before. It isn't too crazy lyrical. It's minimal on the samples. Yeah. Um. It's kind of one it has message. on the hook
0: a lot of the time. What was that? You know, there are it, some
2: it, funk samples here and there, but aside
0: it has like a lot of chicks on the choruses and truly. stuff like that. Yeah, like you know?
1: it, it is very of the time. Like it sounds very '90s. It has that instrument that yeah. we were talking about the last time that that jingly sound effect. <laughs> I still don't know what instrument that is. No one's been able to help me. It's, it, someone which put
0: like a someone put like a metal stick in a jar or something and
2: Wait, was, are you guys Whoa! talking about the same thing like when you uh, at the beginning of sand and yes that's exactly on... the
1: example I gave
2: oh um <laughs> fuck what was it it's a bell of some sort I, think. I have no idea what that is
1: but yeah like that, that's all over <laughs> one of the tracks I forget which but oh my god it's all over one of them
0: what's great about this album is you get a real piece of where he was um you know, there, there's the element of saying, like, oh, man, it's over two hours. It's kind of fucking long. But you know what? All throughout, you really feel like you've been through his life after all of that. Like, he brings up certain things and, and keeps bringing back certain images, like the 500 bins. Like, he brings that up multiple times throughout the album. And this is certain. Sort of, you know, you get in your head, you're like, oh, no, he really has that car. He's not just bringing it up, like... Oh, uh, fancy cars. No, when he got out of jail, the first car he bought was that one with the money that he got. You know what I mean? Like, I know that now because it's such a prominent thing in his music.
2: So are you saying maybe, maybe his music never really changed in the sense that it was always personal. It's just that his life changed. And so the music had to, of course, yeah, consequentially.
0: And I I think when you go to jail, when you become incarcerated, it closes your mind in a way because it becomes more about survival. And so the music reflects that. He's not really thinking in terms of like grander, you know, sociopolitical issues because he's just thinking about survival right now, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. I think it was, uh, only God can judge me. Uh, yes, it was only God can judge me when he says, uh, I try to remember, but it hurts. I'm walking through the cemetery, talking to the dirt. I'd rather die like a man than live like a coward. There's ghetto up in heaven and it's ours. Black power is what we dream. It, black power is what we scream as we dream in a paranoid state. And our fate is a lifetime of hate. That's kind of like the perfect sort of um, encapsulation of what was going on in his mind. Because his music before this album was all about black power. We need to uplift the people. But specifically after when this album came around, you didn't really hear that anymore. And he's saying like, I want to be about that. But I'm so paranoid and I'm so just trying to fucking survive and just enjoy life where I can. That it, it clouds that, you know? Do you, do you, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And this is also after he was shot five times. So he was very close to death. But it's interesting
2: know? that it's the first time like throughout the whole conversation we've brought up some Tupac lyrics off of the album. And the, the one that you bring, the lyrics that you bring up are the ones like the only conscious moment, arguably.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I wrote it down because it, it struck through. It was so clear to me. It was so apart from everything else. You know what I mean? Um yeah. it, it was so like that sort of trying to reach back to that better version of him but sort of knowing that he's never really going to get back there again. Do you, know? do, you
2: th- do you think it was almost like preemptively justifying
0: himself for like the different sound that he was going to indulge in? Well, I think I think there's a part of him that wanted to scare people because y- you think about it, he had been shot and whereas with a guy like 50 Cent, when he was shot his music before and after was basically the same. There was no real metamorphosis for him. You know what I mean? But I feel like with him, with him being the type of person who really reflects what is going through his life, through his music being like basically so close to death. And which is why it's so interesting because some people might forget that he actually was in the hospital and was close to death before this album, excuse me, before this album. Yeah. Before this album came out. So you know, listening to this album, it might sound like he's just talking about, he's preemptively talking about his death, you know, which would happen in 96, but he's actually talking about the first couple of times where he encountered death, where he felt that I might not get out of it. You know, this wasn't pre, this wasn't, um, do, uh, what do you, do you think it? he
2: was intentionally trying to scare people as you are saying, or do you think it was basically I, j- jail he, fucked them up because you know, like after this record came out and people don't, don't talk about this much, but like he, he started having beefing with uh, a whole lot of people, uh, mm-hmm. including people who used to be his homies like Snoop and Dre. And, yeah. and people don't talk about that because, well, it just doesn't fit the narrative a lot of these people try to push mm-hmm. these days. But there was a beef yeah. there. And we're not necessarily saying just because Tupac died and we remember him as a legend that he was in the right. But I'm, I'm, I've always been a bit curious about that perspective. Like, what happened there? and Why was mm-hmm. he making so many enemies so quickly? Was there there a paranoia if there was was it fueled by shook or was it his own kind of fears coming out of jail or just i don't know like there i feel like there's so many unanswered questions and usually these questions aren't brought up because a lot of people don't know about a lot of his beefs after this yeah. album came out
0: no i definitely get the feeling that there was like there was in one sense the sense of if they're going to call me this i might as well give them this yeah and then there's also the sense of someone wasn't scared enough to come up to me to try to kill me so i'm gonna beef up my image to make it so that people are too afraid to fuck mm. with me yeah you know you know
2: it's you know funny when i first heard um when i first heard kendrick lamar's humble i was wondering if he was gonna go into like an all eyes on me direction on this album because mm. it mm. felt to me like he he was there were a few parallels in his career with tupac and then uh, and then it turned out to not really be the case too much but still it's mm-hmm. it's interesting to see like, I mean how it, do do you think if Tupac didn't die? Do you think he would have made good music after this album?
0: I don't no. think so. Honestly, I, I don't wouldn't think say so, so either. So.
2: Like, I feel like that that was the end. Like, I feel like yeah. like what what do you? Well, again, people, we can only speculate, right? Mm-hmm. But
0: people like, always act like, oh, if so and so was still around, all these guys would straighten up and fly right. Ugh. But it's like... But,
2: but maybe, I mean, we don't know, because what if, as I said, what if Nas died after Nostradamus? Mm. And well, then I mean, we, look, we'd also be like, yeah, he, never, he could never do something but, as, like, it was written or problematic. Uh,
1: uh, the reasons I like albums like Ready to Die or um, Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous is because they're so outlandish and they have funny elements to them. So when I came to this, and I really wasn't familiar with what Tupac was about, there wasn't a whole lot of that and to me, that's why a lot of it just kind of ran together. I mean, especially when you got 27 tracks or whatever. Like, it's yeah. easy for it to kind of get lost. So, I couldn't help, but the ones that stood out to me most were the ones that were a little more lighthearted. Uh, like the ones that uh, opened the album. All About You, Scandalous. Um, obviously, California Love. <laughs> Snoop Dogg lo- at the end. What?
0: <laughs> With Snoop Dogg at the end, like, I saw in in the Warren G video,
1: (laughs) same girl.
0: (laughs) Uh, I felt like because it was a double album, he he stretched out a lot of things and wanted to make it sound more, he wanted to make the album sound bigger, because this is the very first rap double album.
1: No, it's not actually.
0: Yeah, it is, isn't it? No,
1: there there are a few before that. Who? who? You're going to fucking scoff it off, but uh, the rapper Esham had one.
0: Oh, come on! I'm just telling <laughs> I mean, you. I'm telling yeah. you facts. Oh, I think it's, maybe it's the first double album that went platinum or okay, whatever. Okay, yeah,
1: because he had Judgment Day uh, that came out in 92. And that's a, uh, oh, okay. that's a double album. Yeah, I mean, it didn't do that bad. But yeah, it certainly didn't go platinum. It's fucking underground horrorcore. But still.
0: Yeah. This album kicked off the sort of double album thing that was just going on in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like... 'Cause there was this one and then there was like Bone Thugs and Harmony had to do a double album. Wu Tang. And then Yeah, Wu Tang and then Biggie had to do a double mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like everyone was putting out goddamn double albums right after Tupac did it. Everyone wanted to be epic and on that level. Yeah. And um honestly I feel like only really Wu-Tang clan deserved that <laughs> because he nine motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. They, they kind of need the space, but like Tupac is like, you didn't, did you need a double album? Did you need?
1: No, I,
2: I, I feel <laughs> the know.
1: same way about, and I know I've been mentioning this a lot, but the fucking biography of the Beatles I've been reading, the the point I'm up in the, uh, the point I'm in the book is when they came out with the double album in '68. And even at the time in the studio, people were asking them, like, look, you got 30 songs here. You could probably cut some of them out. And they were like, no, they were insistent on it. Like, no, I was listening to this album. And like you said before, or Rav said it, I'm not sure. There were no songs on this album that I was like, yeah, you could probably do without this. But there Mm. were certainly, you could lose some, and I don't think the album would suffer. But I don't think there were any... Super weak tracks, you know. I think they're all solid, and like I said before, it's just, it's just not necessarily what I would listen to normally. So there were at there were times where it did get a little boring for me. Maybe the style isn't what I'm that big on. Like I had said, the songs that stick out to me are the songs that are a little bit more lighthearted, um, or kind of tell a story. Like uh, one, mm. uh, wonder why they call you a bitch or um picture me rolling
0: you know what i actually will really say uh to this album's credit is that everyone sticks to the topic for the most part
3: yeah mm-hmm.
0: um the only parts where i felt like that specifically didn't happen was on how do you want it remember in the middle of the second verse it was like all of a sudden he was like uh, it's like yeah uh, i'm a living legend and you heard about these niggas play in these cali days and nights full of alize and hey all the chicks love me and then See, Dolores Tucker, you a motherfucker. Instead of trying to help a nigga, you destroy her brother. <laughs> it's like, I don't think that's a related podcast. <laughs> you know, uh, and then on um, Thug Passion, actually, uh, w- w- we were sampling the computer love song, you know,
3: mm-hmm.
0: where, like, all the guys are just talking about how they're going to fucking blast Gats at you and how they're going to fuck you up. And then only, t- it felt like when it got to Tupac, he was just like, I mean, we were talking about being, like, thugs, but It was supposed to be, like, hardcore for the ladies, bro. Like, why are you (laughs) you talking about killing people? (laughs) You know? It just felt... That one felt a little contrasted. As well as the first song on the uh, double disc, uh, on the second disc, uh, You Can't See Me. Oh, yeah. Did that not feel a little out of place? A little bit, yeah. Like, George Clinton is sitting there... Dancing around, talking about, which way did he go? Which way did he go? There? da 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 da, 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 bin, da You know, dancing around and having the fun little, you know, uh, uh, horns and shit playing. Meanwhile, he sounds... Tupac sounds more pissed <laughs> off than ever. <laughs> I guess it's like, what's happening right now? <laughs> yeah, and I like Wonder Why They Call You Bitch, specifically because it was a response to C. Dolores Tucker and being like, hey, there are people that live this lifestyle, and, you know, people talk shit about them because... Their lives are so fucked up, you know. Um, I mean, that's not to say that, like, oh yeah, when guys call women bitches, that's totally what they're referring to all the time. But you know, there are. He's making the argument that there are cases for people that are kind of fucked up. You know what I mean? The only thing I would say is I actually feel like this album goes really long without really having any actual duds. I feel like the uh, the only ones that I feel like are real duds are maybe like like rather be a nigga was basically a riff of the. You know, I'd rather be with you, ooh, yeah. Mm. And that was already kind of done on the uh, the, uh, NWA album. Oh, yeah. Remember the second one we listened to? Yeah. Mm. So it already kind of runs into the, well, I've already heard someone prominently use this sample before, and you're not really doing much to flip it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, Then you have uh, uh, Ain't Hard to Find, which is sort of like the posse cut with... uh, I think it's like a bunch of NorCal rappers, and it's just like, "Eh, it's cool, but this is like the fifth collaboration track by now. I
1: thought that was a solid track, but yeah, you're right, there are a lot of those. But, see, for me, I didn't really mind that, because I'm not the biggest Tupac fan. So, when you give me a break in it, and you give me other people to mix it up, especially with 27 tracks, I don't really mind that. Like I welcome the variety.
0: The right, last right, track, right. though, I
1: didn't think we necessarily needed. I think if it would have ended on Ain't Hard to Find, or maybe end on Eye- yeah. All Eyes on uh, Me, that would have worked.
0: It, it is weird to have a song called Ain't Hard to Find followed by a song called Heaven Ain't Hard to yeah, Find. Yeah, it's like
1: ain't hard, ain't hard to Find, the reprise. Like, alright. Yeah!
0: <laughs> and the thing is, I thought maybe it was gonna be a switch-up. Like, I ain't hard to find, but then talk about, like, hey, you know, if you want to, you know, find good goodness in this world, you know, like you, you it's it, like this, the sort of like, uh, what do you call it? The, 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 gangster revival, you know what I mean? The sort of like, Hey, let's try to change the world or whatever, but it doesn't really do that. And you'd think it would seeing that the out, the song titles are so similar that they would be trying to do a contrast, but no, it's basically about like, Oh yeah. Getting in this pussy. Uh, heaven ain't hard to find in this, in this ass. Like, just like, uh, okay, uh, that's what you wanted to close out on, you know?
1: Yeah, or maybe you could have Ain't Hard to Find close out the first album, and then you have ain't, uh, Heaven ain't Hard to Find closing out the second one, you know, so they kind of rhyme, like, symmetry.
0: Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty cool. Um, and then, and then uh, of course, the one we, we didn't talk about, ain't, uh, I Ain't Mad at You. Oh, yeah. Love this song. Yeah, yeah. I fucking, I think this is one of the first songs i ever heard really um yeah and you know you have the first verse which is really fascinating because it's told from the perspective of this guy whose lifestyle is basically about to doom him right like mm-hmm. he's basically about to die because and he's looking at his friend and he's saying like wow my friend is you know a muslim now and he's he's become all religious and he's changed his life and he's being a better person and every time i try to tell him like hey Come fucking hang out with us, like on that old bullshit. He's like, "Nah, dude, I can't do that anymore." Mm. And and it's it's sort of sad because you're kind of thinking about like you know that's what Tupac's life kind of was, you know. Like, it, I don't know. Like personally, I think of you know as someone who died from gang violence. Mm-hmm. Like this verse seems ironically being told through his perspective, you know. Like, uh. I don't know, okay, I'm, I'm just gonna get into this, like, for me, as someone who used to live in a shitty neighborhood, and I'm sort of moving out of that now, and you know, I'm living better, And it, and it, like, the song kind of puts me in the perspective of, like, here's this guy who was living that street life too, and he went the wrong route, and he's you know, he's like, he's joking on me, uh, joking on, you know, me or whatever and going like, oh man, you're, you're acting like you're a good guy now, but I know how you used to be. You used to be mm. into that shit too. And he's like, ah, uh, but I ain't mad at you, you're doing your thing. And then just sort of saying like, but you know what this guy's path is going to be. You know, he's not going to change. You know, it's not going to get better yeah. for him, you know? Um. Then of course you have the second verse where he's talking about like his girlfriend being down from, but then you have the third verse, which is really fascinating of a switch because it's about forgiving the person who's going to kill him. Mm. And he's like, "He's like, I know that you're stuck in this, you know, this mental hell of thinking that it's all about revenge. You know what I mean? And he's like, you know what? I was there at one point, too. So I, I'm not mad at you. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, holy shit. Like that, that that's meaningful. You know, the, and that was sort of reflective of what Tupac could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I do wish I would have seen a, a more of that. But I do like that we got a lot of variations of ideas. Um, none of his songs, uh, like, at least not many of his songs just felt like, hey, it's gangster shit again. It felt like we were really going through a different aspect of his life when he yeah uh, rapped his different verses, you know? Yeah, um, I-, I
1: wasn't rolling my eyes at any of these,
0: you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it felt real. Uh, it felt like you were going through... You know what it felt like? It felt like you were going through... This person's life, and the thing is, life doesn't have a plot to it. It's just, you know, every day. Hey, there's good things that happen. And there's bad things that happen, and sometimes it feels like the bad things are weighing on so fucking much. Like, what's great about an album like this is that it plays like I wouldn't say a movie, but like a like a bit of a like a slice of life movie. Mm. Where it's like there doesn't necessarily need to be need to be a plot. It's just giving you this part of this person's humanity. You know, yeah, and and sure, that revolves kind of going into the same topics again and again, but that's what that's like. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I really got that here, and and I also it, it, because it wasn't just saying the exact same shit, because it was really giving you the details of the paranoia and the anger and the angst and the and the trouble and the confusion and the danger. I really felt like it mattered that there were all these different songs, and you know, not being able to trust people. And especially, you know, having these songs about, you know, women and being like, oh, my God, this girl's scandalous. Oh, I feel like she's trying to use me. You know what I mean? Like, I got that, too. Um, I also really like Storm, uh, the one, like, female rapper on this album who kind of kept coming back. Oh, yeah. It was pretty dope. I would never heard of her before. No, nah, mm. yeah, I dug her. But, yeah, there were one or two guys that really did really well. I can't remember if it was Napoleon, I think, mm. uh, on Trade and War Stories. He had the verse about, uh, you know, how his... Parents were killed, and how, you know, I, I don't know what happened. All, all I know is that like I'm never dropping my guard again because, mm. you know, I'm holding on to the anger and not being able to forgive the world for taking away you know my childhood, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, holy shit, you know, so there are a lot of really good you really get a good piece of not just the 90s, but of this life. And it, it's a really fascinating album. Uh, again, it's not perfect at the tail end. It sort of feels like it runs out of steam, but you know what? For 27 goddamn tracks, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, usually you expect stuff to start dragging around the middle, but it doesn't really do that.
1: Yeah, no. Um, I'm really torn as to what an appropriate rating would be, because I'm looking at it from a few different aspects. Like, did I enjoy the album? Yeah. Was it a solid album? Yeah. Is it exactly my thing? No. Will I probably re-listen to it? Probably not. There's a couple of tracks I'll probably revisit uh, from time to time, but overall, um, it didn't... Like, this isn't an album that's going to stick with me. It's not going to be one that I'm going to be revisiting. But I was definitely impressed. With all that said, I feel like a five is only appropriate. Even though not every song on this album was exactly my cup of tea. You know, like, I can definitely see why people would consider uh, Tupac a legend, why they would put him on that level. It does make me want to revisit the older albums, though. Hearing uh, your discussion with Rev and how this isn't exactly his best album, um... And with that said, that makes me look at this album and go, wow, so he's capable of even better albums? Okay, I'll go back and, you know, retrace my steps, so to speak, and check those out. But uh, I'm going to give it a five.
0: So basically what I did was I put both of the albums, like I I rated them individually and then sort of put them together. Mm. So ultimately I I came out with 4.444. Oh, look at that. (laughs) Yeah it's like it's right at that range where it's above solid, you know. Um, but not all the way to that level because I mean, definitely for being a two two and a half hour album, it uh holds up, but you know, I still gotta take away the points that, as to where it fails and also because there's so much I could see somebody not being, you know, able to really listen to it all the way. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I uh yeah. I looked at it, and it seemed like a pretty daunting task. Uh, two and a half hours. It didn't really feel like it. Like, it no. kind of... You know, like, it didn't feel like a chore. I, With each song, I was interested to see where it was going to go. It more than held my interest. Um, so, yeah, like... You can see where I'm coming from. I mean, obviously, because you rated it less, but, like... Mm-hmm. A five feels appropriate, but, like, in my heart, I'm like, is it a five, though?
0: Yeah, you know, having the song, uh, Heaven Ain't Hard to Find, Rather Be a nigga. it was just, like, one too many, you know, Thugs Need Love 2 songs, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Um, but, you know, I mean, four is not a bad rating at all. Oh, absolutely absolutely not, yeah. So, it's still, like, an album that I think people should check out if you want to, if you really want to know, like, where was Tupac in 1996, this is really the perfect thing yeah, uh, for you, you know.
1: Even just a snapshot of hip-hop in 96.
0: Yeah, yeah, of West Coast hip-hop. Yeah, yeah. I think it lives up to the hype for the most part, but at the same time, I would say, as being the person that I am, I would still say that his older discography is more enjoyable for me. Although we haven't rated it yet, so who knows? Yeah, and I <laughs> maybe mean, looking at it through a critical eye, maybe I'll see it differently. But
1: and just going off the two albums I'm most familiar with, I would still have to say I'm more of a Biggie fan than a Tupac fan. If I'm just comparing "All Eyes on Me" to "Ready to Die," even though Tupac didn't have puffy ruining every song he was on. <laughs> Jesus, that fucking album would be near damn near perfect. Wasn't for fucking Diddy. Every track he's There's on, he ruins. Only anyway. a
0: way to edit him out. <laughs> oh my
1: god. Yeah. Can I get that? Can, I, can the next anniversary edition I get of the album just have every trace of Diddy cut out? E- even on Suicidal Thoughts. I just want a track where it's just Biggie. I don't need the, hey, you big. I don't need any of that shit.
3: <laughs> Fuck all that.
1: Just give me Biggie. I could really do without fucking Puff Daddy. On that shit,
0: but, um... Yeah, I have to be a part of this. I'm important, too. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you you, gotta say, though, like, Suge Knight did kinda have a point. Like, PDD didn't have any rebuttal to that when uh, Suge Knight said, if you want to be with a company that doesn't have their producer all in the videos, <laughs> dancing around, <laughs> come with Death Row. <laughs> oh, Although, yeah. Although... Although ultimately at the end of the day, eh, I'd rather have someone dance in my videos than be dead. So Yeah. <laughs> then again, people died on both their fucking labels, so I don't goddamn know. I'd rather have videos, period, than. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think he's like comparatively, like after after both of the artists died and you kinda look at look at the idea of like what was the thing that was really bad about uh uh P Diddy's label? Oh, he had a guy dancing the videos all the time. Eh. What was the thing that was really bad about Shug Knight's label? He beat the shit out of people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, you know what? I'll take the videos. Yeah, I-, I
1: would probably, even though I don't like his music, I would take Puffy over fucking
0: Suge just personally. <laughs> I mean, they're both probably going to screw you out of money, but
1: oh yeah. At least you
0: get to keep. At least you get to keep your legs. <laughs> I like my legs. <laughs> I, I need these for I need these for kneeling to pray, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I need these for praying that sugar don't beat my ass. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but uh, with all that said, this is Patreon request, and if you want uh, us to review an album that is either on your shelf, an album that you know you regard a classic, or if it's just an album you're, you're bumping right now, and you're just like, man, I really like this. I wonder what, I wonder what Rap Critic and Muse gotta say about this. I wonder if we're on the same page about this. It is a one-time $40 pledge to either of our Patreons, patreon.com slash rapcritic or patreon.com slash muse, and I gotta, once again, gotta give a shout out to our boy Rev who joined us again, and, uh, it had been too long. It had been quite a few episodes since we had him on, but we, uh, Definitely got to have him on again. Um, you, had, uh, you had made an interesting point that people listening to the podcast are kind of seeing our friendship with Rav develop in real time as the only time we ever talk to Rav is on the podcast. Other than that, it's just like <laughs> on Twitter, but that's not the same. And uh, yeah. with him all the way in, uh, in Europe uh, right now, and geez, he, he's been there for a hot minute. And I, I don't even yeah. know where he lives you know, or where he lived in the States, but, you know, so I don't know how likely, you know, a hangout in person would be, but, you know, Skype's the next best thing, and, uh, if you guys get to hear it, then, uh, all the better. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Going Off Podcast, episode, uh, 114, I wanna say. Jeez, if this just happens to be your first, um, all of our old episodes are on SoundCloud and iTunes. Super simple way, uh... Pro tip, pro strat, uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, and uh, you get every episode as it comes out. And then you can just download all the old ones, which at this point might seem like a rather daunting task as there's over a hundred. But trust me, I mean, it takes a little bit to to get started. The first few aren't that great. We needed some time to pick up steam because for a while there, I wasn't even editing. I was just taking our audio and just uploading
0: it. (laughs) And I was, like, listening to it, and I was like... There were literally times where we were like, hey, cut that part out. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we'll cut that out later. (laughs) It it took a while to
1: get the editing down. It took a while to get the sound down. I think the podcast sounds a hell of a lot better than it did Mm. before. But, uh... Yeah, if, if you want to get a good glimpse of the journey that brought us here, by all means. I <laughs> won't tell you not
0: to. And until next time, I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic. Telling you, the gangster shit is not worth it. It's not worth it. Don't fuck around with that gangster shit. We lose people all the goddamn time. Greats. People who could have meant something to the world. But no. That motherfuckers has got to be hardcore. Fuck that. Get this money. Fuck all that shit.